right, Bible scholars, you made it. This is day 40 on our 40-day tour through the Gospel of John. Thank you for so faithfully tuning in every step of the way. I hope and pray that this journey through John's Gospel has strengthened your faith. That's been the goal from the outset. I know it's strengthened my faith. We probably shouldn't be surprised because when we immerse ourselves in the life-changing power of God's word, it connects us to the one, the only one who can give us new and everlasting life. John's gospel begins by saying, here comes this word that becomes human and dwells among us, full of grace and truth. The divine becomes human. God becomes one of us. And this word is the light that brings life to all people. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness can't extinguish it. That's how John's gospel begins. The way John's gospel starts to end, the last verse of John 20, part of our reading for today, John says, I'm writing these words to you. That's what this whole gospel has been about, so that you may continue to believe. There's that key word in John's gospel again, that you would continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. New and everlasting life. What a gift that simply by putting our faith, our trust, by believing in Jesus Christ, we would have new and everlasting life. But John doesn't just want to tell us about this Jesus. He wants to invite us into this story. And that's been consistent throughout this entire gospel too. That we wouldn't just be reading today about the resurrection stories in John 20 and 21 uh, about something that happened half a world away and, and almost 2,000 years ago, but that we would experience the power of Jesus' resurrection, that we would feel it, that we would take it in, that would we, we, it would be something that we don't just ponder in our heads, but that we experience in our hearts. That's what God's word can do. That's what a relationship with Jesus Christ can do. So find yourself in this story. We're covering two chapters of John's gospel on this last episode, and you might think that's just not very good planning or that it wasn't on purpose. No, it was on purpose. If you're watching these episodes down the road, they were originally recorded. They are being originally recorded during the season of Lent in the year 2021. And every season of Lent, the 39th of the 40 days of the Lenten journey is Good Friday. It falls on Good Friday. And I didn't want to cover the resurrection stories until we got through Good Friday. So while these podcast episodes remain available on demand, and so you can share them with friends too uh, for years and years to come, we rec- we're recording them live in 2021 during the season of Lent. And I think we can do it. We can cover these last two chapters in one episode. At least I can give you an overview of the big highlights because it's pretty simple. John's gospel is inviting us into the story, so find your place. Maybe you relate to Mary Magdalene. Maybe that's where you find your place in these resurrection stories is she shows up early on Sunday morning, it says in verse one of John 20, and she's startled to see that the tombstone's been rolled away. So she runs back to tell the other disciples and Peter and John run ahead and and John gets there first. He makes a point, John's gospel. So he says, I outran Peter. Just wanted to note that he's probably saying But he's the contemplative one, so he pauses and he's pondering this. Peter isn't going to contemplate anything. He's act first and think about it later. And he darts, true to his character, straight into the tomb, John says. Because he wants to explore what happened to Jesus' body, what's going on. With enthusiasm, Peter is chasing down this, this good news, the potential for this good news. John joins him inside the tomb, and verse 8 says, John saw the empty tomb and he believed. 
Well, there's the goal again of John's gospel, that you would believe by, by hearing these stories that you would find your place in that empty tomb. Tombstone hasn't been rolled away so Jesus could get out. He doesn't need the tombstone rolled away. He can get out of anything. The tombstone's rolled away so that we can look in. Maybe you relate to John. You believe without a whole lot of uh, tripping up along the way, without a whole lot of doubt. Maybe you, you relate to Simon Peter and it's just enthusiasm for the good news of this resurrection story. Maybe you relate to Mary Magdalene who comes back after Peter and John exit the tomb. She comes and now she's weeping. Maybe you're filled with sorrow. Maybe you're filled with grief. Maybe the level of your suffering is just sky high these days. Find your place in this story. It's for you. Jesus' resurrection is for you. Jesus says to Mary, why are you crying? Mary doesn't recognize him yet, his glorified, resurrected body, but she will. She will believe soon. She says, sir, if, supposing him to be the gardener, John's gospel says, if you've taken his body away, let me know where it is. And that's when Jesus says to Mary, well, he calls her by name. He says, Mary. <laughs> There's just something about the sound of, of your name being said by somebody who loves you. That's when Mary believes. That's when she knows. And she turns and she sees Jesus and she says, teacher, rabbi in the original Hebrew. Maybe you relate to that. Maybe the resurrected Jesus comes and brings healing to your suffering and your pain and your sorrow and your grief. Maybe you relate more to the other disciples that Jesus comes in. Maybe, maybe there's fear in you today. Well, find yourself in this story. Remember, the disciples are hiding out. They, they don't want to be anywhere near a public square because they're afraid they'll be the next ones nailed to the next cross. They're filled with fear. Maybe you've got fear inside of your heart for whatever it is today. Jesus' resurrection is for you. He shows up and he says to his disciples, peace be with you. I see that you don't have peace, so have my peace, a peace that passes all human understanding. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, so now I'm sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. You're not alone. I'm always with you. My spirit, God's spirit is always in you. It's with you. So receive this Holy Spirit as you embark on Christian mission and go out and announce this good news of, of the forgiveness of sins. And if you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven, Jesus says. Maybe that's where you find your place in this story. Maybe you're more like Thomas, though, who comes next in this story in John 20, who's filled with doubts. And so Jesus comes to him with, with love, with, with grace, with, with nothing but an opportunity. He says, Thomas, fine, go ahead and examine the holes where the nails went and, and, and go ahead and see that it's really me. And Thomas, who says, I'm not going to believe it unless I see it, suddenly he falls to the ground and says, my Lord and my God, it's you. Maybe doubt is where you find yourself in this story. I just have a hard time believing in the resurrection, you say. You're not alone. So does Thomas. Find yourself in this story. Consider the evidence if you have to, but also consider this. Jesus says, you would be more blessed if you could believe in me without seeing instead of needing the evidence. This is good news for us. It's a reminder that faith and believing is the thing that ultimately bonds us in the deepest and the strongest ways. It's even better than evidence. If you think about your most important, your best, your healthiest human relationships, and if you don't have that trust, it needs to be rebuilt. Evidence is great, but faith is even better. Find yourself in this story. 
We turn to the last chapter, then chapter 21, and Jesus shows up one more time. He'll, he'll show up for Peter individually, but we already covered that conversation uh, several episodes ago, which was about, Jesus, about Peter's fall and rise, his denial of Jesus. Right before that, Jesus shows up to have breakfast with his disciples, the resurrected Jesus, and they're out fishing. They're professional fishermen. He's a carpenter's kid from Nazareth, but they aren't catching any fish. So he says, throw your nets out to the other side of the boat. Okay. So they throw their nets out, probably skeptical. What, do you, what is he? I mean, he's the resurrected Lord, but what does he know about fishing? And they catch such an abundant number of fish that it, it should burst the net, but the nest doesn't, the, the, the net doesn't burst as they're pulling it in. And then John's gospel makes the point of saying they caught 153 large fish that day. There were 153 known nations in Jesus' day, in the time the gospel of John was written. 153 large fish are caught in that net. Symbolism is impossible to miss. Go out and fish for people in every nation. Go out and tell everybody this good news. Go out and tell them that the light of my love is for them. Most of all, go out and tell them this. Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. That's the life-changing, nothing could ever be the same again good news for you, but it's also for you to share. It is our mission. There are 153 fish out there, every nation that needs to hear this good news. Jesus comes with seven signs that are recorded in John's gospel. He comes with seven I am statements to show us his identity and character. The signs are his miracles. His I am statements show us who he is. And then there are the seven days that John emphasizes throughout his gospel, connecting us to the seven days of creation. But there's always a bonus. The seven signs lead to this last bonus sign, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the, seven, the, the eighth miracle. The seven statements, the I am statements, have an eighth bonus statement. Jesus is saying in John 8, 58, I am is my name. I am God in human form. I am what John chapter 1 said I am. I am the word of God made human, full of grace and truth, come to save the world. The eighth bonus day of creation, well, that's Easter Sunday. That's every Sunday. It's why Christians worship on Sundays, because the Sabbath is Saturday. The first day of the week is Sunday, and if you do the math, that makes Friday the sixth day, and Saturday's the seventh day, the Sabbath day, the day of rest, and that makes the eighth day the resurrection day. And those are the days that we're living in now, the glorious days where we have the assurance and the certain hope of a God who loves us so much he sent his son to die for us, but he did not stay dead. He rose from the dead. And if we believe in him, we're joined not just to his death where our sin and our death is put to death, it's destroyed, but we're joined to his resurrection he is risen. He is risen today. He is risen indeed. Jesus Christ is risen today. Alleluia. Soak it in. Breathe in this good news. Let God's light shine for you and then reflect the light of that love to the world around you. This is our mission. This is what it means to be the church. This is what it means to believe. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Please like, review, and share on whatever platform you're using that helps us get the word out. And join us for Weekend Worship. You can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how. We'll see you there. Oh,